So today in this episode of the Code Discusses, I am joined by Henry Unterreiner, co-founder and construction lead at Hyperion Robotics, which was founded in 2019 by a team of passionate academics and professionals in robotics, architecture, and engineering. Their mission is to bring efficiency and sustainability to the way concrete is being made. So Henry, thank you for joining me. Um, I'd like to start by asking, how did Hyperion Robotics come about? Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm very thrilled to be sharing some of my uh, insight and experience uh, sailing on that Hyperion ship across the, the seas of entrepreneurship. Uh, so that, that crew, that Hyperion crew, uh, how did we get started on the journey? Um, I guess it's about a bit of serendipity and, and a bit of luck also. Uh, Fernando de los Rios, uh, our CEO, asked, tried to, to venture in the, the world of 3D printing concrete already like five, six years ago. Uh, he had his ups and downs, um, through which he met Ashish Morite, uh, our CTO, who, um, uh, who uh, was at the time doing his PhD at Alto at the university in, in Helsinki, Finland. Um, and, and, uh, on that journey, uh, I joined them approximately a year and a half ago, as I was myself wandering as an entrepreneur, uh, trying out things, failing a few times. Um, and if basically the team just organically grew from that, um, mm. and Hyperion is very much about the team. Uh, you mentioned it, we are from different backgrounds. We, we are like covering quite a wide range of disciplines, uh, all related to our passion, which is the construction industry, um, from different angles and I guess that's what's making it us, uh, let's say, quite, quite unique, but also uh, luckily successful. So far, we've had the chance to, to collaborate on, on great projects. So Hyperion is not just its team, but also its, um, its projects, its clients, its collaborators. We've been lucky to, to, um, to explore various applications of 3D printing. We've been developing uh, various technologies. And, um, and it's quite exciting to be uh, on board of uh, this company. Very nice. When I came across Hyperion Robotics, I was certainly excited, you could say, because I remember seeing it, I was like, I've been um, interested in 3D printing construction for maybe what, a year or two, because I think it's quite a, a novel idea. And I think maybe it's the next step in Let me construction. Let me if you look. Okay. Uh, if you don't mind, it's it. not a novel idea. It's been here for 40 years. Can you imagine? 40, you say? 30, 30 oh. years. But actually what's uh, perhaps what makes right now the best time for this technology is a little advances, the, the societal pressure coming from sustainability, uh, the advances in technology, being able to available, uh, like so, so easily, uh, get a, a six axis robotic arm over the shelf. From, uh, from, from one of those like big, um, big manufacturers, it's never been so perhaps, uh, so good of a timing to, uh, start a 3D printing uh, company. Yeah. <laughs> so your, your mission is to bring efficiency and sustainability to the way concrete is being made. Can you talk to me, uh, or talk me through even how you plan on achieving that? So. As, as a small startup, uh, we were a team of 12, uh, we were approximately two years old. Uh, we have to focus. We, we would like to, 
revolutionized the world of concrete, which is actually the second most consumed material on Earth after water, and concrete itself needs water uh, to hydrate and to, to, to form its solid bonds. So uh, we, would, we would love to basically tackle the, this big problem of, of concrete because it's one of the most polluting uh, material on Earth at the same time. Uh, but as a small team, we understand that our, limit, our resources are limited. And that's why at the start, we really want to focus on structures. Structures that are reinforced, that are robust enough. We don't uh, want to uh, compete with other similar 3D printing uh, concrete companies uh, onto the residential market, let's say, or perhaps the more artistic uh, architectural one. We simply want to do uh, what we believe is perhaps best suited for the technology, which is at the material itself, uh, non-sexy structures, as we call it. We like okay. to joke about them because when we started the company, we never thought that we would start printing foundations as, as one of the, our first projects. But when you think about it, foundations um, that are made out of concrete uh, will unlikely be replaced by timber or steel uh, because it, it needs to be a durable material. Um, whilst if you were to, let's say, like 3D print a wall, that wall could be made out of many material, I suppose, because it doesn't have to have the same structural and durability requirements. So in a sense, we thought foundations could be a, a great first application. Um, they are typically monolithic. They are sometimes being non-sexy structures. They are sometimes overlooked. Uh, by structural engineers, including myself. So uh, we were thinking, why not? Why not try? There's tremendous uh, benefits in terms of material saving, in terms of embanked carbon savings, in terms of speed of execution to be found. And hopefully, along the way, as we as we start with the foundation, our no pun intended, of uh, of, of the of concrete structures, then we can move on to other applications. But at yeah. the end of the day. Um, uh, it's all about um, the right tool for the right application, meaning that we wouldn't want to apply 3D printing for, let's say, um, I don't know, like man oils that are going to be like replicated 1 million times. We wouldn't be able to compete uh, and it wouldn't make sense business-wise. Uh, we want to really find the right application of our technology with uh, the clients that come to us. Interesting. So can you tell me about a recent project of yours and how 3D printing benefited it? So maybe I can um, continue developing a bit on, on, on the foundation and I'd be happy to also like share more, more applications we, we've been looking at. There's, um, that foundation, we, we had the, the, the charts uh, to collaborate um, with our client, Ida one of the largest renewable energy um, suppliers in the world, they are present, and they uh, came to us and we basically realized together with them that when they build their renewable energy network, there's probably as much material being put on the ground than is actually being used to support from the ground up those electrical lines, those, those steel uh, pylons or towers. So we thought, okay, well, let's let's see how we can optimize the way you construct 
not optimized just in terms of uh, financials and speed of execution, but also in terms of impact, like carbon impact. And that is where after sitting down with the engineers over the first uh, two or three months of the project, we realized that there was tremendous uh, material saving. We can save 75% of the materials for uh, each of those large blocks of concrete, which are typically used, using uh, the surrounding soil to stabilize the foundation rather than the concrete material itself, which is an expensive dead weight, if you were to ask me. And uh, by utilizing the soil, you then would have to, uh, and let's say, you, know, you have to have less truck transporting it away from soil or from site because you are reusing it. So Ooh. the soil, it's, it's really a virtual circle uh, we found tapping into this application, uh, but we're also um, excited to be building further infrastructure for, for industrial applications, uh, including trenches with one of our South American clients. Um, and and also perhaps um, uh, containers, cylindrical containers for for the mining industry. Mm, interesting. So by the, by the sounds of it, I was going to ask, um, do you see high period robotics transitioning from printing foundations to printing full buildings in the future? But it sounds like you already are in some form of transition in that you're moving from foundations. Not you're not necessarily disregarding them you're still doing these things but you're also doing these trenches as you describe um so i was wondering will we get to a point where you are doing more um be it bigger projects like a building or i don't know bigger foundational structures like you know building for bridges or other um i don't know support systems the, the future is very exciting uh, and it's 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 very very uh um energizing, let's say, to, to work on those innovations. Uh, 3D printing is bringing the tool, the new tool, is bringing a new language to construction. Just like back in the days, uh, the likes of uh, Nervi or the, uh, Can, uh, Candela, uh, they had just discovered uh, reinforced concrete, and suddenly they had created these beautiful shells and beautiful language in architecture and construction. And I am, I'm almost being honored to, to be part of that movement, helping facilitate and helping create a design language with the tool which it is able to build a material where it's actually most needed. That's where the optimization comes from. Mm. In terms of scale, um, basically the sky is the limits, uh, or should I say the, the, the robotic gantry or the robotic structure is the limit. But mm. that, that gantry can, can be uh, expanded to the, to the project needs. Uh, and I'm hoping and I'm confident at the same time that in the future, the scale of our projects will go from a, let's say, two-ton foundation to, uh, uh, let's say, a multi, uh, a multi-story tall, um, perhaps container building. I don't know, but there's definitely a scope for expanding uh, the scale of our impacts by building larger larger foundations, larger buildings, larger infrastructures, or even bridges. Yeah. I think maybe someone new to this technology or maybe unaware of it, um, one of the concerns they may have is that of like structural integrity. So how strong are these, be it foundations or other things that are being 3D printed? So they are as strong as you design them for. 
Um, and that's where perhaps uh, the, the trust in the structures will come by, by testing. Um, 3D printing concrete is not yet a, a, codified, a codified approach to, to building and design. And that's where the Eurocom, so we do, like we, I'm, I'm used to practicing in Europe as a structure engineer. So in Europe, you've got the Eurocom that cover the design of it. Concrete, timber, steel, all those materials for buildings. And yeah. because 3D printing is not just coincide, you do have an opportunity still to justify your structures by doing something uh, we like to call design by testing. Um, each step of your design, you make assumptions as you engineer your structure. And each of these assumptions need to be tested and validated by the physical testing of small scale sample. So you might push a small concrete tube to get a feel of, of, of the strength of our concrete, which is actually stronger than minor concrete. It, it reaches approximately 50 MPA for, for, for those who, who count in uh, megapascals. So we, we design and at the same time we test, test small scale, medium scale and full scale. And for this foundation project uh, I mentioned, um, we uh, we're very lucky to be welcomed by Apeco, who is a international large steel manufacturer for, for concrete elements. And thanks to their help, we basically uh, were able to put, so dig a hole in the ground, place the foundation that we had 3D printed, uh, that was only utilizing uh, one quarter of the typical mountain material, built, compacted the soil, and we tried to pull it, pull it horizontally to basically to calculate the overturning. So how much lateral, imagine wind, how much wind yeah. can that foundation resist? Um, it resists actually three times its design load, which was very welcome by the clients flying from Spain to witness the test. Yeah. So which we tried to pull it out of the ground, we maxed out the five-ton capacity of the crane who was trying to pull it out. So we decided to sum before working on any of the equipment and we had to dig it out, basically. So in order to, 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 to really build that confidence in the structures, we will have to test them before any code is actually written for that. So what, all these structures that are built with 3D printing construction, they have to go through a lot of rigorous testing before they are fully done and dusted. Um, yes. Okay. That's good. That's, that's good to hear because I don't know, it would be a shame if things were, I mean, maybe hastily done and then. Um, I don't know, consequences were eventually found out that had previously been dismissed. It is, it is actually a huge responsibility on, on, on building designers to, to, to design buildings that will actually withstand the loads uh, that they will experience throughout their life. And mm -hmm. there has been some, uh, some catastrophic failures of, of buildings in the past. And that's why the rules are either in place, there's strict regulation and if that's a very strict regulation we also comply with to ensure that the structures, even printed, will uh, withstand the, the same the same loads and resist the same amount as traditional concrete. Hmm. So, in your printing process, you use less concrete because of what, how precise and specific it is. But I don't know. Concrete is still a big contributed to global emissions will it get to a point where your machines are using a more eco-friendly form of concrete 
because I know that is something that is, I think, in the works. I remember seeing Bill Gates bought this eco-concrete foundry yeah. or what have you. So, I don't know. I guess, is that something that you'll be looking to introduce more eco-friendly materials or? Thanks for asking you. Uh, we, we do have the material science capa uh, capabilities within the team. Uh, and that's actually what's, what's, um, uh, what, what was very uh, beautiful within the team. We, we are able to have this multidisciplinary collaboration and our material scientists have developed this uh, geopolymer concrete material, which utilizes 97% recycled material and is as strong as non-concrete for just a fraction of the embodied carbon. Um, and 97% of the material are caused in majority from mines, from mining tailings that, that kind of fine sand that you get after crushing and being inside the rock. So this is actually very exciting, uh, a very exciting future for, for 3D printing concrete or let's say um, concrete-like materials. Mm. And we like to collaborate with um, clients like Sorenzo, um, who have uh, large, um, large renewable material uh, suppliers that specialize yeah. in timber. And, and earlier last year, they had commissioned us to create a similarly printing ink uh, based on their paper pole. They're, they're like highly reactive lime paper pole, which was mm -hmm. perfect because it was creating this fast setting material, almost as strong as, as concrete, uh, for, with no cement at all. So there's a huge potential to explore material science uh, within the realm of, of 3D printing. And we like to collaborate with clients to, who, who, who challenge us every time uh, to just reuse some of their byproduct waste, whether it's from the mines, whether uh, we went over with potentially wind turbine um, uh, fibers, wind turbine carbon or glass fiber being reused after their, their life as a reinforcement for the concrete that we print. Mm. It sounds like you're doing some uh, excellent work on the sustainability front. It's good to hear uh, what the, the use of like byproducts. So things that had been previously be it disregarded or just discarded itself, just seen as waste you're utilizing into a new product, which is good. Um, yes. So if I, if I may add, I should look, yeah, of course. um, concrete, uh, and you may have read it, uh, also on the news that concrete or actually cement itself accounts for, uh, for 80% of global, uh, embody, like global CO2 emissions. So that's mm -hmm. where we really need as, as people to, to really react and as building designers or constructors, we really need to rethink our approach to, to, to concrete. Um, mm -hmm. and that's where the, let's say the, um, the, the future is quite bright. You've got all these universities, uh, a lot of, a lot of companies who are growing from just the material science. And, um, and hopefully, hopefully concrete or its, let's say, uh, cousins in the future will not be considered a real world, uh, around the design table, which is actually now the case speaking mm -hmm. to my, my friends, London designers and engineers, concrete is now a normal, uh, mm -hmm. to start building except for foundations, uh, and the, the, the whole industry and the market is shifting towards marine lightweight steel and, and timber structures. Hmm. Interesting. So can you talk me through how one of your printers works? Absolutely. So, um, 
we 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 I, w- I wouldn't let you on the computer printer. I would call it a micro factory. Let's micro factory. Okay. It's a micro factory. It's we're literally packaging up within a container size a whole yeah. concrete uh, versatile tool, which is able to produce concrete structures of any form, any any size almost. So mm-hmm. the micro factory is composed of a an on the shelf robotic arm, six axis. Uh, these robots are typically to be found in uh, automobile car assembly yeah. lines. Um, so we, we got that out of the shelf. We are collaborating with uh, manufacturers to help us uh, choose and tune the best uh, pump uh, that will respond to the material that we're developing. And together with the pump and the robots, we are now actually making the whole system work together, be synchronized through our controller, our high fuel controller. Mm. And the Hyperion header, which is our intellectual property, the head that is able to enforce concrete automatically and control and and, and receive the feedback of what you are printing. Interesting. Mm. So my understanding of 3D printing construction of these micro factories, uh, as you put it, is that you get this, um, what? more fluid-like substance, this material, which are then fed into this, um, into the printer. It goes around layering it on top of one another. And then does does that use artificial intelligence or other smart, I don't know, systems to ensure. So, so, um, so we are actually looking at, um, at implementing our all kinds of sensors. It's at the same time, 3D printing already is both a science and an art. And we're trying to basically merge those two worlds uh, by by harvesting as much data as we can, whether it's temperature, moisture in the air, uh, temperature in the water, temperature in actually the concrete itself, moisture in the, the concrete itself, uh, how much flow, how much uh, of the concrete bit are we printing uh, through some computer vision. There's an immense work by our team um, who are actually developing this proprietary technology in order to be able to um, reliably and accurately place concrete where it's most needed to build those optimized structures. So, I don't know, what does the future hold for 3D printing technology? So, there is this huge promise for, for 3D printing. Uh, back in the days, I remember like 10, 15 years ago, when um, when desktop 3D printers were becoming available uh, at an affordable price. Um, and yes, uh, we've seen that the world hasn't been taken over by 3D printers. Yeah. And it kind of makes sense because it's it's not... We, we, we have developed really efficient manufacturing processes um, in order to to mass uh, mass produce uh, our our everyday life consumables, and mm-hmm. including actually uh, structures that uh, concrete structures will not all be a three D printed. Uh, and again, when we get approached by excited clients, we try to to really target and identify which of the many concrete structures will make more sense to three D print, and mm-hmm. perhaps actually. This is my this is my, my hunch on the on the future and the fingers crossed for that. Once 3D printing concrete has let's say 
gotten a, a strong foothold within the concrete industry that mm. perhaps more trivial applications might be further optimized uh, with 3D printing. And that's where maybe 3D printing will expand better and better. But right now, it's very much about getting started with specific focused application, I would say, where there's uh, very obvious benefits of speed, of time, uh, sorry, speed, uh, time, uh, financial, and obviously um, embodied carbon. And yeah. then we'll try to generalize this use of either micro factory, the Hyperion micro factory, to the, to the manufacturing of, of more mundane concrete structures, let's say. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, how easy is it to be it program or design what you'd like to be built? So is it done using, is it, I don't know, CAD software, like 3D design software or how's it done? It's super simple. And at Hyperion, we are trying to make it even simpler. Mm -hmm. um, that's the, 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 the exciting part. Uh, I'm, I'm a structure engineer, but more than that, I'm just passionate about building. Uh, and yes. that's why actually in my past job, I was often frustrated that some of our designs were just shelves and we have a build. Um, so uh, that bridge between the designer and the manufacturer is suddenly almost shrunk or disappearing because mm. thanks to, to digital fabrication, thanks to the, the advancement of our software uh, and of the, the robots that are now surrounding us, it's so easy to just design and build within the same day. So it will be like one of, one of your designs uh, and we'll be able to print it within a few hours. Uh, we are developing the, the, the software that, that basically is based on a library of 3D printing and 3D printable concrete structures. And mm -hmm. as a client, as, as an operator, you'll be able to, to create your own geometry uh, within our software uh, online and basically press the, the print button, the code will be generated and sent to our database, and we can print it uh, within a couple of, our, of hours. So then, that whole lengthy process, which used to be uh, taking maybe weeks, uh, is now shown within a matter of hours. It is so easy to design something and print it and see it's actually touch it. And that's the exciting part of, uh, of, of joining Hyperion. Well, I'm quite enthused by the sounds of that because I've, uh, well, when considering and thinking about 3D printing uh, technology and specifically 3D printing construction, uh, one of the ideas that I had was, so with, well, especially in the UK, there's a, a supposed housing crisis that we need to be building yeah. hundreds of thousands of houses be every year or every so many years. And when looking at these um these housing developments, all the houses on the outside anyways, they look very similar, if not the same, just carbon copies of one another. Exactly boring. I think that, I don't know, it's maybe sucking the soul out of communities because there's none of that individuality or customizable aspect. There's no like character to these buildings. So I was thinking that I think it'd be quite cool if more people could be empowered to design their own houses. Um, so by the sounds of it, this, uh, software or that you're working on is a, a similar or is a step towards yes. achieving this. And I don't know, I think do you reckon it could be a, a platform through which 
individuals themselves could, let's say if I wanted to design my own house, uh, what, create a design, submit it, and then bosh, gets printed. Could there be a platform for the architects or other designers where they can come up with their designs, which obviously it'd have to fit within architectural and structural bounds, the things that were, I don't know, it'd have to be sound to print and not know, a danger. Um, could these people come up with these designs, create them, submit them to this platform, and then the individuals or companies then license these plans, if that makes sense, in that they, every time their design is used for the printing of a structure, this designer gets a percentage or gets some payment, some fee for their design being licensed. It could be an interesting business model. And, um, well, we, we're not in the business of, uh, of printing houses, uh, mm. but I can definitely tell you that 3D printing is, uh, the premise of 3D printing is a mass customization compared to mass production, the mass customization of elements. Mm. In that mass customization, as, as humans, we are inherently um, willing to, to, to differentiate ourselves from our neighbors. Why not cookie, cookie cuts from the same mold? Um, and that's where 3D printing and its benefits could actually bring this, this unique identity to one another. We mm. actually in, um, in, in, in talks with a large developer in Finland who mm. wants us to, just like we talked about the workflow from design to, to fabrication, uh, they have already sorted out the timber structure that they were of the house that they want to, to, to build in a customized way, according to their clients needs who will be able to design within their software. And that comes the question of how to mass customize the slabs of those timber structures. And that's where we're in top with basically using 3D printing and its versatility, uh, versatility, sorry, to uh, basically create slabs that are unique to each of the houses and to each of the designs of their owners. Mm. So that's a very exciting feature. Mm. Very good. Very cool. I like it. Um, so I envisaged a world where 3D printers are used to produce almost everything. Do you believe or do you think that this is possible? It could be possible, but uh, as mentioned, it would unlikely be, um, let's say, Profit the world if everything was to be 3D printed because there would still always be some mundane consumables that are just better being produced in a mold, um, just identical copies of themselves. Um, and and that's where actually 3D printing um, is is just a tool at the end. And we really need as as designers as builders we really need to identify what is the best application for for such a technology in order to make sense of it. It obviously comes at a cost, but it's actually competitive when used um, for the right application. It's very competitive compared to the traditional ways because it's um, faster to execute. It requires less people. So there's less um, health and safety risks, let's say. And, um, and hopefully at some point as societies will start taxing the pollution that each one of us or each company is starting to produce and and certainly will will realize that optimizing or should I say while designing structures is needed is should be uh, compulsory and is actually financially profitable 
um, because it has a lot less embodied carbon um, in its emission. Mm. Interesting. So besides, obviously, the work that has been done at Hyperion Robotics, could you tell me about another exciting use of, um, be it 3D printing or these micro factories, as, as you put them? So, um, so for instance, um, there's micro factories. We have really asked um, in the UK to um, study the potential of shipping one of our uh, micro factories, one of those uh, containers to sites um, to settle, settle this, this environment, this sheltered environment in which the robot will be producing those customized foundations, customized infrastructure elements. And over the course of two months, we'll be able to deliver a project that would have typically taken them three months to deliver exactly with the traditional um, build of framework, laser reinforcement, cast the concrete, and then basically strike the framework, remove it, and then um, fill, fill up with the soil. So those micro factories can be used uh, in the UK, perhaps next um, uh, within the moving size, or also in South America, where our South American uh, clients wants us to, to, to 3D print 1.2 kilometers of trenches. So imagine this new channel out of that was between 1.8 meters in, in height to down to two meters, and then being different because the, the site is sloping over hundreds of meters. Um, and and there again, we are actually competing against Mexican labor. Uh, however, let's say, um, um, cheap this, this might um, sound, uh, we, we are at the end of the day um, as competitive and uh, more beneficial in terms of all these all these aspects of faster, cheaper, and, and more sustainable benefits. Hmm. Well, speaking of cost, could you tell me how much would it cost to, I don't know, use uh, Hyperion Robotics to print be a foundation or print uh, a trench? So we we wouldn't, um, I wouldn't actually want to venture into like giving you a number right now. Okay, and that's fine. Price it, we wouldn't price it actually per element. Uh, we are more looking at developing this um this business case with the clients uh when, when someone wants to basically 3d print uh, foundations for a large hangar for instance mm -hmm. we would um receive the drawings we would study the amount of confidence we would understand okay here's you've you've got to plan 1000 tons of concrete for the project we think that we can do the same thing with 250 tons only mm -hmm. Now comes the question, is it actually uh, a large scale enough for, to justify us to shipping this container, which obviously has, has a cost in terms of logistics, in terms of supply chain, uh, in terms of, um, let's say, like local expenses. And typically, we, we have found that basically past the, I would say, 100 uh, to 200 ton mark uh, of the printable uh, concrete, it's actually more financially beneficial so in the plan to another one of those micro factories, we would teach the local contractor to use it. It's super simple. Uh, and if we're actually in the UK, you should definitely come to, to visit us, Luke. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll let you play with the robots. Mm -hmm. and, um, and at the end of the day, um, the, the micro factory is going to be operated by the local contractor and producing, producing all these elements one after the other in this like, streamlined way. 
And that's also something um, we, we, we don't emphasize enough, but we have expertise in is basically the non-manufacturing of elements. We are not, we're not trying to replicate the large multi-factories that mass produce concrete precast elements. We are, uh, we have a very near agile approach to manufacturing. Everything of this within this container, everything can be shipped within a couple of weeks and you can get started on site within, within just a day. So what will you be like licensing out your technology in that, I don't know, me being in the UK, I could be a official Hyperion robotic provider in that if someone wants to build some foundations, some trenches or whatever else is, uh, I don't know, the micro factory is capable of doing, uh, yeah. I don't know, could they come to me? I sort it out, bash, just sell it. And we're looking for, for local collaborators across to various, various countries of, of our focus, including the UK, uh, where we have, uh, where we have had a, a lot of traction from, from uh, large companies in, in the, in the building environments. Mm. Um, and at the end, our business model is either through leasing, through licensing the technology or through the sales of those micro factories. Uh, and these micro factories, uh, I are, I'll, I'll throw a number out. are not as expensive as people might think. Um, one, one of our, our clients in Finland is basically setting up this small factory for, for, for the timber structures. It will mm-hmm. seem like 1 million euros to set up, which is a, let's say a capex that is significant, but not crazy big. Uh, mm-hmm. a micro factory starts actually at, at a quarter of the price. So okay. based on the different features and requirements that you, that you need, we're able to, to provide you with a solution for, for a very reasonable price. Okay. So what would you say the average price or I don't know, maybe the benchmark for one of these robots or these micro factories even? Is it, I don't know, like 200,000 pounds, 250,000 pounds or less or it, 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 it starts around 250,000 uh, for okay. the, basic, the basic setup. And obviously as, as with everything, you have like various options. If you want to have like a larger reach, so mm. large robots or rails, if you want our um, reinforcing air uh, rather than our uh, extruder hand, so in order to reinforce automatically your structures, they will come at a, at a slight um, uh, premium. So we can really, uh, well, I would say customize the, the micro, our own micro factory to mm-hmm. the needs of clients, whether they are precast manufacturers, whether they are like on-site contractors, uh, whether they are um, builders, um, there's very much um, a space, a space and a use for all the actors involved in the concrete industry. Very interesting. Right. So I'm going to maybe go a bit off piece there and uh, have something that isn't related to 3D printing. Um, go ahead. Not to catch off guard, but right. Do you believe? Um, do you believe in aliens? Do you think they exist? Are they out there? I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, uh, well, I, I guess uh, uh, I'm not the best person position to, to answer that. Do I believe in aliens? Well, um, perhaps in some form, in some form, there, there might be life actually outside our, our uh, understanding of, of the galaxies, I suppose. Um, if, if one million we were to, to be in contact and be actually 
super, super, super happy. There's been a fear. I'm, I'm going to tie you back to 3D printing. There's actually um, Elon Musk, who is very keen to, to explore and, and, and settle on Mars. And, and 3D printing here also is quite an exciting um, uh, technology because you'll be able to reuse a little, little, little material, uh, which is a very new approach uh, to actually build shelters, build, um, build uh, perhaps new buildings where, where we're going to be able to, to inhabit. So um, if, if, if England exists, then uh, surely there. And I'm hoping that they will be uh, coming to visit us on Mars or on the Earth. Yeah, certainly. Well, I think when you mentioned about three um, D printing when it comes to Mars colonization, so you see utilizing the materials there. Could it get to a point where your robots or your micro factories aren't just printing these things, but they are also um, like producing their own materials that are being used? So you're okay. That little explosion going on there. Yes, we're trying to just explosion. <laughs> That's outside. Oh dear! If I'm sitting on my on my computer battery, somewhere I'm being able to uh, to answer the uh, the question. Tell me. Uh, right, I'll, I'll start again. Let's make sure. I don't know. Make sure you're safe. Make sure nothing I don't know explodes. Um, I'm not catching on fire. That's why. <laughs> good, good. Right. So you're saying about these micro factories helping to colonize Mars using the materials that are there. So could your um, printers transition from just the printers in itself to also being able to produce the own materials that are being used for the printing. So have a mining aspect of these machines. Yeah. So, so the, the supply of, of locally available material is always a, a, a question whether we, we do it in a very, let's say a remote site or whether we are actually, um, um, basically, um, doing it just within a city. It's only just the question of how do we transport all these amount of materials, all these many uh, tons of, of concrete, of aggregates, of binder, and um, and the same perhaps kind of uh, grid approach should be applied more because transport is also a accounts for a large amount of embodied carbon when it comes to construction. It's not just the material itself; it is actually the whole supply chain of this material. There are some great examples of 3D printing companies who are using Adobe material, which is this kind of earth, soil, uh, clue-like uh, material, and basically printing with it because it's also like 3D printable. Uh, in our case, for instance, um, with the collaboration of, of uh, our mining company clients, we're thinking about reusing that, uh, those mining tailings directly from the mine, setting up a a 3D printer there and being able to build their infrastructure, their mining infrastructure, find the waste that just comes uh, comes from the mine 100 meters away from where the printer is. So this future is almost uh, uh, existing already. Very cool. Um, well, I'm certainly excited about what the future holds, especially for 3D printed and, uh, and for Hyperion Robotics itself. Um, so I've just Thank got, you. got, we've got one. Maybe final question. It's again not necessarily related to 3D About aliens again? Uh, well, no, like not. <laughs> um, well, this, I don't know. As a politics student, uh, I'm trying to. One of the questions that I'd like to maybe introduce in every single um, one of my podcasts that I do is to get people thinking about more what um, policies or ideas they would have for their community or just in general 
um, that would like to be introduced. So if you had absolute power, what policies or initiatives would you introduce? Do what you like. That's actually that's, what would make the world a better place. Um, if if everyone was to, to, to listen, everyone has a calling in a sense, and I don't want to sound too kind of romantic or cheesy, but um, it's it, it it does take time and, and it does take a few years to to basically be kind of to, uh, kind of like shaken by life. To, to, I, I must take the example of, of sailing. I, I, I'm a huge fan uh, of sailing. And as I was wondering myself uh, after this uh, job as a structural engineer in London for seven years, um, mm -hmm. I decided to, to venture on my own, on my own ship, be my own captain, and mm -hmm. explore the seas of opportunity yeah, through the, the world of entrepreneurship. And I had that, well, three, four films before. Um, I actually got to, to meet my co-founders, Hyperion, and, and started and, and start building this company. So it does uh, take uh, some time, a bit of courage, a bit of luck, uh, but it's almost uh, necessary uh, to, to really feel fulfilled. And, and I'm living this um, as I'm actually also like giving this, this entrepreneurial kind of pep talk uh, mm. to, to some students in universities. It's just like listening to what you like most, uh, because if you, if you like what you're doing, you'll be good at it and people will appreciate and value it. And that's where you can then start building a, a business around it. That's very much about knowing what you like to do and doing it. Mm. Well, a, a very pleasant and thought-provoking, positive uh, message mm. to end on, I guess. <laughs>